This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Hey listeners, this is Eric from the Magnificently Huge Podcast. The podcast that's magnificently huge because that's what we named it. We love getting requests from listeners. We take them at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com, on Twitter at maghuge, magnificently huge on Facebook. You get it. It's it's an electronic kind of age. Uh, but we got a request to do a show on Superman. And we thought, why not? We're pulp culture. Pop culture? No, pop, pop. We're pop culture. And um, our first show was about Batman, so it made a certain kind of sense to do a show about Superman. And if I'm being honest, we didn't have a whole lot of shit on the shelf, if you know what I mean. We didn't have a lot of great ideas beating the door down. So we love it anytime anyone gives us suggestions. So you too could have your very own show if you just tell us you want it. Um... I mentioned Magnificently Huge at Gmail, MagHuge on Twitter, Magnificently Huge on Facebook, right? If I didn't, I just did there. So sit back, relax, enjoy. If you disagree completely, we really want to hear from you. If you agree completely, that doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you, but let's face it, negative is a lot more constructive. I don't know that that's necessary for me to say. This is a very long intro. Superman, right now. So how you guys been? Okay. I'm Eric. Uh, why don't you why don't you call out uh, uh, your 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 labels? Is this the robot roll call? Oh wait, yeah. that's the wrong show. Damn it. Uh, this is Chris. And this is Brian. Hey, we're all here. It's amazing. Hey, yeah. we form magnificently huge. But you knew that because you've been you've been listening to us for years and years, <laughs> or what feels like years and years. Yes. Anyway. Uh, uh, dog years. So, what you what you cats been up to? Uh it's been a weird. Doesn't week, matter. Man. Let's cut to the oh. fresh shit. Oh. This shit is fresh. See, every time you fall for it, every time. <laughs> It's because I don't care. <laughs> you want to do fresh uh, shit? We'll do the fresh shit. Let's get into the fresh shit. Let's do some fresh shit, y'all. The Mared Frosh, if we can pull out the classic. Brian, got any fresh shit? Sure. Uh, got a couple things. Uh, on Labor Day weekend, they did... Um, I actually didn't realize they were doing this. I went to the movie theater because, you know, movies. And... Um, we were going to see something we didn't we were going to see Ant-Man again or something we didn't really care we just wanted to go to the movie theater and then it was like oh hey they're doing a uh, Labor Day long marathon of uh, all the Marvel films in order in IMAX 3D oh my oh. god jesus yeah and we're like oh well well what's the next movie and it was Age of Ultron so i saw Age of Ultron again in IMAX <laughs> was it better 
actually, it kind of is. And the reason it's better is that all of the stuff that's in Age of Ultron that's like connective tissue for the larger MCU pays off now. It didn't pay off when the movie came out. (laughs) But if you see it today, it's like, oh, and that's a reference to the thing that they did. Like, you know, and so... Well, do you think that was because you were a captive audience? Because it comes on cable all the time and I catch snippets and I just, I'm... And I move on because I'm like, I just don't... It's it's still joyless. I, I mean, the first half hour is good. <laughs> okay. okay. Fair um, enough. So, you know, I saw that. I still maintain that that movie was like, you knew you were in trouble when in the first five minutes they do the like Avengers comic book pose. You know, when right, they're yeah. fighting in the yeah. snow and it's like, okay, this is that movie you have to like. <laughs> or the one you forgot you, you were you watching. Liked it, so fuck yeah. you. You're going to like this. Yeah. Yeah. It also it also makes Infinity War seem better because while Infinity War has actually got a whole lot more stuff in it, um, Infinity War cooks, right? This movie has a lot of stuff in it, but not as much stuff as Infinity War, and it feels really rushed. Like, a lot of the stuff in it just is not earned, doesn't really Man. work. The, all of Ultron, basically, his origin, his motivations, none of that is really... Uh, set up or, or anything well so it it's it a tribute to the Russos for what they pulled off with Infinity War okay yeah. but is that yeah, the only one you watched that's my only movie I do have one other thing though okay so uh, last night I got the new Spider-Man game for the PlayStation 4 Ooh. oh my goodness uh, so this is this is made by Insomniac Games, who made Sunset Overdrive and the Ratchet and Clank games. Uh, it's a first-party Sony title. It is really good. It is really, really good. It is a Spider-Man open world. Uh, the New York is gorgeous. The engine never drops frames. Um, and it's its own version of Spider-Man. So it is Spider-Man as if it were taking place in 2018. There's like a social media feed in the pause menu that you can read or ignore if you choose. Um, what, like Peter Parker's Facebook? Not just Peter Parker. Jo- J. Jonah Jameson. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's like his Twitter feed, right? Gotcha. J- Jameson has a podcast, uh, which is super entertaining. Ooh, we need to listen to that. now for listener emails. May from Queens writes, You're so full of anger and I wish you'd get help managing it. It's terrible for your health. Now I know she speaks from a place of concern, but this is a common misconception that I have to correct. I'm not full of anger. I'm full of love. I call out injustice, corruption, and crimes against humanity because I adore this city, and I want it to be better. What you hear in my voice, it's love. Nothing but love. Um, but they set up Miles Morales. They actually have you play as Mary Jane. They have you play as Miles Morales in various scenes. I'm about halfway through the game right now. It has the navigation just flipping across the map of Sunset Overdrive. It has the combat from the Batman Arkham games, except with a Spider-Man twist. So there's more aerial acrobatics and like creative crap you can do with your spider webs. Um, it has its own versions of all of the major baddies. And one of the things that they're doing that I think is really fun is the Green Goblin. I mean, Norman Osborn is there. He's the mayor of New York 
in this game. <clears throat> and Otto Octavius is there. He's like, you're working with him in his lab. And they're not being their villain selves at all. Uh, at least not by the halfway mark. So there's just like this incredible amount of foreshadowing going on with Dr. Octopus and the Green Goblin. Um, so for that, something like that, uh, do, do you think it pays off having it in a game format where they can draw it out rather than crunch everything into a two-hour movie? Especially with Otto Octavius. They really, they, they're milking that thing for all it's worth because he's like your boss and your buddy and your mentor. You're a 23-year-old Peter Parker. Okay. Um, you've actually broken up with Mary Jane. She knows you're Spider-Man. Um, it's, it's its own take on the Spider-Man universe, and it's extremely well done. Uh, great voice acting, great graphics, really solid gameplay. Be, be neat if they said it was one of the alternate Earths. If they actually, you know, <laughs> mind that to explain some things. But one of the problems I always had with the open environment, uh, uh, you know, from from the a generation or two ago of systems when they mm -hmm. did the open world Spider-Man is that once you finish it and you're just tooling around New York, they give you the same sort of sporadic crimes to solve all the time. Do you have to do those sporadic crimes and are they lame? I mean, the sporadic crimes are there. I'm kind of doing them in the flow of the story. It's moving along really good. I haven't finished the story. I've put in maybe, oh, at least 10 hours now. Uh, and it says I'm at about 48% complete. Um, and there's a whole lot of little things that you can do. There's, there's like, research stuff you can do, and there's, like, computer uh, stuff you can do, and uh, there's, like, a black cat Riddler any, trophy kind of thing. Any and game where you do hacking is lame i'm sorry just <laughs> do the hack no more hacking <laughs> in games you know do the hack well i can at least say peter parker is a character who in theory could do hacking um oh that's not my problem my problem is that when i have to do hacking and it's like boy i sure wish i was like jumping and shooting <laughs> you know yeah no that's fair that's you know fair. what this the really like needs little... is a moment of slowdown I have just, I am just too bushed. Woohoo! Yeah. I have had too much adventure. Let's hack. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's also like when you're Mary Jane, you're a reporter, and so it's, a, it's all stealth. Mm. You're like sneaking into places. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's really solid. Another thing they did that I thought was really um, smart. There are a whole lot of different spider suits. Right, like they've got the Iron Spider suit, they've got the suit from Spider-Man Homecoming, they got the classic one, they've got, you know, whatever infinite Do they prices. Explain or why the Tony Stark uh, Spider-Man costume lets his eyes go all wobbly when he wants to express himself. They don't, but his other costumes do it in this game also. Huh. Uh, they just that's just what they do. Um, but but the thing that they do is each costume has like a special ability that you get when you unlock the costume. So like. Uh, you know, one of them has like a little drone that flies around and shocks things. But what's cool is once you've done that, you can equip that ability with any of the costumes. So it's not like a lot of games where it's like, oh, I've got to go to the cold place. So now I have to look at stupid and wear a costume I don't like uh, so that I can have those abilities. It, you can actually just mix and match, which is really nice. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, highly recommended. It. It's a good, uh, good, solid uh, video game. And I love Spider-Man. He does whatever a spider can. 
That's my question. <laughs> That's all I got. It's silence. <laughs> well, thank you very much, everybody. Good night. Uh, it, it, he he lets his children eat him after he lays his, his <laughs> eggs hatch. Yeah, exactly. Come feast of my flesh, children. Well. I pass into the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so well, not then. everything a spider you know i'm just saying yeah okay uh so so what's what's on your list chris what did what, what fresh and and shit uh briefly i just found just randomly uh the new mazzy star ep who knew uh mm. I, that it would be out there it's only four songs so it's only like 18 minutes or something and I just read a snippet. I'm like, "What? Well, they got something new. So I went over to Spotify and gave it a whirl. And it's really flipping good. Uh, Are they still super depressed? Uh, yeah, it's, it's very much sad bastard music, uh, but in a good way. <laughs> uh, Fuck yes. And the, the final track is basically, it's a, it's a different version of So Tonight That I Might See, which is on their second album. Uh, it's the closing track on that one, and it's called the Ascension version, and it's just this trippy sort of pseudo Floyd, pseudo Dorsey sort of version, uh, very minimalist, uh, kind of creepy, uh, very much something that you you could conceivably just sit in your living room with the lights off and smoke a bowl. And, uh, I think you mean intense. Yeah, I think you mean intense. Nope, I think you mean intense. Uh, <laughs> so it's really good. I, it's called Still is the name of the EP. It's also the name of one of the songs. Uh, so it's on Spotify. It's only about 18 minutes. I would say give it a whirl if you like. Uh, but definitely sad bastard music. They haven't lost anything. They're still kicking. Uh, so All right. good on you, Mazzy Star. I think they're Scottish. I should have done that in a Scottish accent. Oh, well. Uh... And then the only other thing that's been keeping me busy is I, I think I mentioned recently, I decided to read all of the Harry Potter books because I've never read them before. And right. Oh, how's that going? Uh, I'm through the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban, and getting ready to do the fourth one. Uh, they're, I'm trying to keep an open mind. I think I, I want to read them so that I can actually understand them before I ridicule them, rather than just doing mm. off the cuff. It's bullshit. Uh, when you're done, we should probably actually do a show about Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, yeah, I would Let be prepared. Me ask you, though, do you find the the style of writing to be too simple, or do you think that it's fluid? I've I was I really like the way she just sort of. I don't know. She, well, she, she's you can get where you can get where she's going without too much poetry, but at the same time, there's not much poetry. You know, it's well, like there's there's something missing from it that makes it. Well, here's the, here's the deal. Uh, like t- I don't know, twenty years ago ish, when I was working at uh, Barnes and Noble or Borders, it was Borders, not Barnes and Noble. Whoops. It was Borders. Borders yeah. is out of business, uh, and I think the fourth one was just coming out. This is like ninety nine. I'd never heard of it before, but everybody was losing their fucking minds over it. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll check it out. I'm like, well, they say it's a kid's book, but it's not a kid's book. Everybody was pulling that line. Oh, but it's so good. It's not really a kid. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. So I got through the first two, and I was not impressed. I was just, that's back when I was like, you know, Nabokov and Bukowski and all that shit. So... Uh, Harry Potter did not fit the bill at all. And so it was <laughs> It was basically, it just boiled down. I, I kept referring to them as just these weird magical Scooby-Doo mysteries that happen at Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
and she had a set pattern, and so that was kind of irritated. So I'm sort of approaching it now with a, a fresh take, uh, knowing how sort of on the fringes how her arcs sort of carry out because the movies were so big. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I had a take on it when I was re- the last time I read them, which was that in a lot of ways, like every Harry Potter book is telling the same story, right? It's yeah. still it's like. This is what happened in the past, and this is what's going on now. And yeah, it advances the plot a little bit. But what it's doing is, this was my impression. It's a series of books telling the same basic story from the perspective of a reader who is getting older with every book. Yeah. And and so the first books are for younger kids, and as you go further and further... Rowling seems to be assuming the audience is older, as are the characters, and oh. I thought that was a really interesting. Yeah, approach. no, that's a fair take because it's every book is basically one year at Hogwarts, and it's like a seven-year journey to graduate wizarding and they school. They do get progressively longer and longer. Yeah, and more complex. Even like a kid who can just breeze through the first one yeah. is going to have the same easy time on the seventh one. But at the same time. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know how a kid discovering Harry Potter then for the first time now would handle. Yeah. Well, it's like, in, it's interesting to they me. They won't have the same experience. No, yeah. it's because it's its own thing now. This is it's like Star Wars big. I mean, it's never going away uh, with theme parks and stuff. And I can't, you know, I, but the thing is, I don't have any context. The movies will come on TV, and and you know, I may just casually watch, but I have no idea what the hell's going on because I'm not into the lore. I I hadn't read the books. So now I'm reading it. I'm going, oh, I remember that scene. I didn't realize it was that movie. Uh, so mm. that's kind of where I am. So it's all fragmented. So this is kind of to, to put context. But kind of knowing how... Cedric Diggory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the further you get into it, the, the less the movies... I mean, especially books four and five, the movies really are not that great as an adaptation yeah. of those books. Well, that's kind of mm. what I'm waiting for. Uh, mostly just knowing how it plays out. It's kind of interesting to start seeing her pepper in all of the stuff, uh, the anti-fascism message that sort of skips in under the radar early, uh, and then it's starting to kind of, as the third one progresses, become more full bloom, I guess. And so you get all of that message going. It's really weird uh, to kind of see it happen, knowing how it's going to happen in some form uh but i again i haven't really bothered with it so i have no idea really the intricacies so it's almost like i'm a fresh reader with no no idea what's happening next which is nice i've had some surprises uh but yeah i'm waiting to see if they get more advanced as far as the 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 writing gets uh to go along with your theory and i'll report back once i i see that or not well, there's something to look forward to on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a muggle, man. I'm still a muggle. Fucking muggle. <laughs> Birdie bots. Blah, blah, beans. And the, yeah, it's all the jargon. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. There's, I, uh, my favorite uh, of the films is still the third one, uh, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, and I've, I've talked before about how great the the he did the chapter on Kidditch where nobody says a word. He does the whole yeah. thing visually. It's brilliant. Yeah. But there's also a part in the movie where they're eating jelly beans that make them make animal noises. Like, you know, they can growl like tigers. They can, you know, all that. Yeah. 
and I guess after that, see, that was not in the book. And uh, Rowling had said, "My God, that was such a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? That's so awesome." <laughs> well, yeah, so the, the third the one is really my favorite in terms of art. Uh, but yeah, after that, they really, really became product. Well, all I can say is, as a final word, is having seen the movies but not really absorbed them. Uh, reading the book now, all I can see is Alan Rickman as Snape. I mean, he nailed it, mm. man. He fucking nailed oh, it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I started reading them before I saw the movie. So yeah. in my head, Snape was always uh, death from the seventh sign. The, the <laughs> movie. He was almost like a Dementor, would you say? You know what? That's probably what I was supposed to, you know, connect them to. But okay. yeah, I something about the way they described him and his slick hair or yeah. whatever. I was like, oh. Well, all oh, I can that's... all I can hear is Alan Rickman's intonation. Mr. Potter, come here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's all I got. Uh, oh, I forgot. I went to a concert. Oh, <laughs> oh, must have been uh, a good one. <laughs> it was. So it was yet another iteration of the Lost Eighties tour, which is really uh, when in Rome and Flock of Seagulls are pretty much the only acts that are consistent in this tour. They do it all every year, and they get a bunch of has-beens. <laughs> this was a particularly weak year for it. Um, the the two best acts by far. So saw missing persons this year. <laughs> And Nobody walks in LA. Come on, man. And and that was the thing. Like the the singer, what's her name? Uh, I don't. We don't I know. Think of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll she, have it in a second. Yeah. Yeah. She wears the. She comes yeah. out, and I don't know if you remember Missing Persons, but like the way she sang had like this really weird inflection and a bunch of pops into the you know yeah. the high ranges and stuff, and. She looks like your grandma, right? She comes out there, and your grandma can kick ass because she could still nail that shit, and that w- that impressed me. Yeah, but t- the really weird surprise on this concert was easily the best stage act and easily the most fun act was Wang Chung. Everybody yep. have fun. <laughs> I saw them live once. I once. I didn't even realize I knew more than one Wang Chung song, but by God, I do. Yeah. And yeah, Jolie is like, oh, this is a total dad band, and yes, they are. They are a bunch of dads <laughs> on stage, but they deliver the goods. I don't mind uh, Wang Chung. So uh, yeah, if you have a chance to see Wang Chung in a small venue, especially, it's, it might be a fun evening. Yeah. To live and die walking in L.A. <laughs> But to clarify, is When in Rome one of the bands that has a song titled after the band? Or am I thinking of something else? I don't know. Their big hit is The Promise. That's the one. Okay, that's the end of Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. I gotcha. Did y'all ever see the uh, VH1 behind the music or like the remember what one of those goofy VH1 shows where they go and they talk to the the flock of seagulls guy? There is there is this brilliant God 
bless it. I've got to find it. He's he lives in Florida and he he's very big on showing the the camera guy. This is my boat. This is my hot girlfriend. This is my house. This is my. Bed. And he's all like, see, see, I'm not a one hit wonder. I'm not nothing. I'm somebody. Yeah, and, man. And then they show him like at a show, like playing his you know shows again. And he is so just pissed off having to play Iran. I mean, the look on his face is just <laughs> fuck this again. Oh, and he does it sitting. He does it sitting in a chair with a keyboard in front of him, and just just like I'm walking down the avenue. You know, it's like this is so. This the picture of the 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 one hit wonder bitterness. I want a movie of that. I want a movie about that guy walking around go i did like a hundred other things with my life that are neat and i ran i've seen him three times now and you know it's pretty much the same show he doesn't he stands but he's pretty stiff um the thing is that like i've been watching the backing band slowly get younger so like at this point a flock of seagulls is a tribute band with one original member sitting in right um yeah, like nobody else in that band is over 35 like not even close yeah 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 i anyway, mean he's, he's trying to make his boat payments at this point yeah he's, he's not boat, really yeah the boat payment tour excellent yeah. hey if i if i had one hit and i could tour and play that one hit and play a 30 minute set and be set for life i'd do that shit that go Go with yourself, buddy. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I would always remember that while that hit was big, I had all those. I had the phone number of everybody in town. Everybody wanted to know me. I could have done anything with my life. The future was bright. The horizon was long, and it just went the fuck away. That would make me cut my wrists open. Hey, Eric, uh, have you ever seen Sunset Boulevard by any chance? Yes. <laughs> okay, I oh. thought so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, Eric, uh, what's your fresh shit? Yeah, really? Week? Yeah. My fresh shit, I went to a concert. Uh, oh, my God. And I've, I've come to the realization, I don't like concerts. <laughs> bully! Oh. Bully! The Hillsboro, uh, uh, Oregon, they, they, they just had their first concert at the local baseball park, the minor league park, uh, where the, the Hillsboro Hops play. And They're called the Hops? Yeah, because we have a lot of microbreweries out here. Oh, so they're—it's not like so, a frog is not their mascot. No, okay. no, no, no. It's it's hops. Like we're going to make a brew, like a flower, um, okay. which is kind of actually neat. a great beer mask, a uh, baseball mascot. I'm, I think so. I'm down with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm like, okay, so I'm at this this stadium. We're there to see um, Matt and Kim. Are you familiar with Matt and Kim? Tertiary. I feel like I should be. They are this duo that are awesome. I mean, I, their music's okay, but like their stage presence is fucking unbelievable. It's it's like Alana from from uh, um, Broad City and the the gym guy from Broad City forming a, a synth band, and he plays synthesizers and she plays drums, and it's they're almost punk rock songs, but you know with a synthesizer. And they jump around, they go crazy. At one point, she starts playing drums with uh, two uh, two foot dildos, those huge horse cocks that they just like put in the window of the sex shop for laughs. She starts playing drums with those. I'm like, this is this is nutty crazy. Um, what color know. were they? What? What color were they? The dildos or yeah. Matt and Kim? The dildos. Uh, one black and one white. Okay. 
Yeah, that was no, a the dildo. Weird question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. You, you don't you don't even know this band and you're calling Matt and Kim dildos? Not cool, dude. <laughs> hey, you brought it up, sex toy fucker. Uh better than a racist. Anyway, okay. So, yeah, the the problem with this this venue was that it's it it, it, it it's a baseball stadium. It was actually, it wasn't even the baseball stadium. It was the sort of small football field behind the baseball stadium. And so we're in this seating thing designed to watch football, not like big league football, just a football. Anyway, the sound was reverberating off the thing and it was like the hottest, Mm. awfulest noise. It hurt. It, it physically hurt me. And, uh, my wife and her friend didn't seem to notice. I had to bail. I had to get down onto the floor in the grass. And <laughs> once I did, I was fine. But I was like, God, noise hurts me. I, I don't like noise. I can't handle no oh, the noise. Noise is noise. the really escape <laughs> of noise. <laughs> So, yeah, that was a bummer. The other band, uh, um, Cake. I love Cake. I guess they had some serious sound problems at this show, though, because during Matt and Kim, the sound kept breaking down. And during Cake, he kept vamping and doing his dumbass open mic comedy and not singing a song. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then I figured out, oh, yeah, that's right. The whole the venue, it's their first concert. They've they've screwed up the sound. And so that was oh. not fun. Um and then finally was uh, MGMT, though I, I insist on calling them MIGMIT. Uh, <laughs> MIGMIT was the headlining act, and I don't care for MIGMIT. Uh, my wife really wanted to see them, but then she admitted afterwards that she likes three of their songs and assumed the rest of them would be good. But once she saw them live, she's like, oh, it's like prog rock. It's awful. Yeah. So we didn't stick around for MIGMIT. We got out. Um yeah, not a great time, but I did buy like an awesome set of earplugs that I'm going to bring to concerts from now on, and I'm going to test drive them in a couple of weeks when we go see Danzig. I I so see Elvis singing that song, don't you? Yeah, but he's only three foot tall. That's what I see. Even better, yeah. A midget Filipino Elvis singing Mother. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. I need to make this happen. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that's that. Um, what's the other thing? Because there's something else. Yeah, um, uh, watching the final season of The Americans. I don't know if anybody watched The Americans. I haven't I've seen it in a while. I, I crapped out middle of second season because I just didn't have time to follow it. Right. I... We, we we go away and come back on this one, and we finally are sitting down to it because we did, hadn't seen the penultimate uh, uh, season and the final season. Um, and there, it's it's fun. It's dark. It's it's a show. You know, it's it's one thing that's bugging me is that now they're trying to uh, what's her name uh, the the woman from Felicity. Um, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell is the mom who's a spy in this, and the FBI are closing in on her. And the FBI is talking to witnesses, and they're asking, "Did you, you know, what did the woman look? Do you, what do you remember about the woman? You know, what do you, what do you have any?" And 
they're they're trying to make that well she smoked a lot and you know oh carrie you know the the mom she smokes they're they're trying to make that connection what's bugging me is that carrie russell has this big fucking lump on the top of her lip and god damn it that'd be the first and last thing i would remember about anyone <laughs> and they refuse to say well she had a big fucking chunk of cancer on the top of her lip that's something that's you know oh that sounds like my neighbor that must be who the spy is no they don't do that it's like I get you don't want to embarrass the actress by saying she has a big chunk of stuff on her face, but it's the most most jarring physical feature of her face. I just want to cut it off and shut it up and to guacamole. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm watching that, and uh, that's that's just my my micro rant for the day. Moles and Moles. you. So that's that's it for fresh shit. Hit the close theme. And uh, today we're going to talk about something that a a, a a listener asked us to talk about. He he wrote in like a lot of suggestions. We'll do a couple of them, but like the the one that I think we probably have the best chance of saying something about is Superman. Yes, the Man of Steel. Superman. Yes. <laughs> A bird and a plane. I'm not really sure uh, how to approach Superman because, well, for one thing, everybody knows the story, right? He's yeah. he's a guy from space. Uh, he he lights out on his own to to find his fame and fortune. Ends up uh, doing porn. Uh, finds uh, a, a, a director in Burt <laughs> Reynolds who uh, teams him up because of his enormous penis. Uh, hijinks happen, and in the end, he's just there with his big dick. Yeah, you nailed um, it, nailed yeah. it. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's what I remember. That's exactly. Yeah. Wait a minute, that's not right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Burt Reynolds died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Burt Reynolds yeah. died. Yep, yeah. but his his mustache is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only true. thing left it, yeah after yeah. they bury him it'll keep growing so yeah superman uh, uh superman yeah what are your thoughts on superman it's tough man it's tough he's just uh, it's never uh, some, it's never some, been a hero some, that i'm interesting some interesting i guess historical stuff he was created in 1933 in a short story uh jerry siegel and joe schuster invented superman one was a, an illustrator, one was a writer, and they made Superman as a, a vagrant. Somebody gives him some drug that makes him clairvoyant and telepathic, and he has all these powers, and he uses them like a bad guy. And so Superman starts as a bad guy. Uh, when they decide to try and make a, a comic strip, though, they're like, well, let's make him like all the other comic strips. So they rip off Zorro and give him a cape. And they rip off Dick Tracy by making him look Dick Tracy-ish. And they rip off, well, the Scarlet Pimpernel, who has like a day persona and a hero persona. And I didn't know this until I was reading about it. The red shorts, the underwear on the outside, that's from uh, wrestlers of the 30s would yes. do that. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was based and on. Yet and he originally, he originally had like lacy boots because the wrestlers <laughs> of the time had lacy boots and they they opted instead for just the solid red boots now so like every piece of that costume Superman is a luchador yeah. yeah every piece of that costume you can trace to some other 
like I don't know. I I, I want to say um, you know uh, inspiration, but I, I really mean you know it was stolen from somebody else. Yeah. Well. Oh sure. Well, the thing that gets me is that it it just seems so slap shot the way they put it together. It's like, well, we'll just give him these powers and these powers, and then over time, mm-hmm. it sort of just accumulated because he wasn't even yeah. he wasn't even flying when he was created. Right. He, he, he could, could just jump le- a mile. Yeah, he could leap yeah. over tall buildings. It wasn't until the Fleischers did the cartoons in like forty one mm-hmm. that they thought, ah, leaping mm-hmm. that's just dumb. We need to do something a little bit better. So that's when they decided to do the flying, and then that stuck. Yeah. So and it's, it's a little easier to believe. I mean, if they had a thing where a guy could jump a mile still, honestly, it would be like a guy jumps, he's flying through the air, and he has to, I guess, not hit somebody coming down. He's going to, like, squirt <laughs> yeah. people's, like, tomatoes, like, every now and again. Yeah, he, can't, the, he can't not. The physics of Superman is just ridiculous. Basically, the Hulk now, right? Like, the Hulk jumps like that, yeah, and yeah. he's super tough, but... Well, and, and now um, they're trying to make Wonder Woman fly. I noticed yeah. in the Justice League movie, yeah. she seems kind of flyy. I mean that 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 jumping looks more and more like flight. Yeah. Well, the thing that gets me about Superman, and I'm, this is stolen directly from Honest Trailers on the YouTube's, but <laughs> it was basically which, a flying. Which one? Which one? Which uh, Superman? I think it was the first movie. Superman is basically okay. a flying Jesus metaphor. That's basically <laughs> what they called yeah. him, and that's that's crystal right there that's everything yeah. boiled down to the one one note and that's Superman. created by two jews created by two jews who knew so you gotta wonder what's what's up with that actually you know what though they didn't create the messiah part they created you know <laughs> a comic book hero that some some you know goyim probably showed up and made jesus-y well i had read that I they stand <laughs> that in the Zack snyder <laughs> film there's that moment where he's like in space and he actually does like the crucifixion pose oh yeah yeah like it's good good times yeah nothing subtle about superman that's that's a fact my first superman was george reeves right so the the 50s tv show the black and white show was on you know on your uhf station when i was a kid so that was that was my first introduction to superman faster than a speeding bullet More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor. KPNX Channel 15. (laughs) (laughs) I could never cavalcade of shit we bought. I could never very expensive. (laughs) Yeah, I could never get into that one because he was always like running up to the gangsters and then bending their obviously fake bendy guns. Right. Uh, and then when they would run out of bullets, they would throw the gun at him. <laughs> yeah, I never I understood. Actually, that. one moment where somebody like throws the gun at him, and he goes, "Ah, my eye!" Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you know he's always looking for a place to change into his Superman costume. Uh, yeah, I'm glad by the time the Christopher Reeve movie came along, uh, that that they figured out how to do that a little bit more uh, subtly, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, do we want to go? I mean, I don't have a lot to say about George Reeves because then it pretty much did go. You know, there was Super Friends, but yeah, then right. it, it Those pretty much cartoons. was Christopher Reeve. Well, and then yeah. the only thing that weirds me out is that you had uh, George Reeves, uh, and then Christopher Reeve, and they're both dead. Is That's there a, is there a Superman? Is there a Superman curse? 
No, I'm just pulling stuff out of my ass right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what weirds me out is that like Stalin, Roosevelt, and Churchill were like running the the Allied powers, and now they're dead too. Yeah. Hmm. Holy crap! Whoa. They're like you're, you're saying that dog. Stalin is Superman. <laughs> it's like wait, and, mind blown. Uh, and ran. Uh, <laughs> And <laughs> Rand, Rand Paul and Paul Ryan walk into a bar and order drinks, and the bartender gives them uh, <laughs> beverages yeah, that aren't regulated, and they all die because it's yeah. poison. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the the version I heard was uh, Ayn Rand, Rand Paul, and Ron Paul walk into a bar. Bartender says, "Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> uh, all right so superman we were, we were talking about superman right yeah well yes, yes. okay well the 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 first thing i remember from it is the actual the fleischer cartoons because they would show those like with popeye and things and they're actually really slick they're very well done and they were like, super expensive for the time i think the fleischers oh, yeah. they had been doing like uh, gulliver's travels and stuff like that and then paramount i guess was the studio uh, approached them to do the shorts and they said well we don't really have time we're doing this we're doing that so they just basically gave them just a ridiculous sum and the <laughs> studio agreed and it was like something like a million dollars uh per or some something Jesus ridiculous nick story yeah it's basically <laughs> the same and then the, so they got into it and so uh they that's when they invented the flying but if if you remember watching these it's basically it's just six minutes half of which is just the the preamble this is how superman got here uh and then this is his powers and then it leaves like three minutes for him to uh go rescue lois from something uh that's pretty much the cartoons Mm. and then by the the later 42 ish they got into the wartime propaganda and they're just really racist against the japanese it's like the batman serials it's just Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable to watch they have one called japan knots or something or, J- or Jap- no, it's called Japa Tours. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, Japa Tours. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Damn. So, yeah, you can find all those online, but they're, they're really nice to look at. It's the rotoscopy stuff. Uh, so that was yeah. sort of where I got my, my introduction. And then everything else is paled. Yeah, I'm all about Christopher Reeve, man. I think Absolutely. I think everything pales now because of what he did. No one can top him. The effects have gotten better. The well, no, just that's it. The effects have gotten better, and nothing yeah. else. It, the writing, yeah, no, the writing is still not good. Yeah. That first movie was almost a fluke, but um, yeah, his performance is so correct and. My, my, I my, mean, there's just no, no, no getting around it. Well, you my, can't top him. My favorite bit, and it's not a good movie. Superman three is not a good movie. Let's just be honest. Uh, yeah, but it's got it's one of my favorite moments of any Superman movie in the Rivera. Uh, it's basically when he turns evil, and he's got yes, Superman. yeah, drunk Superman's yeah. in the bar, and he's just. Uh, flicking, flicking peanuts, peanuts at, at the, the bottles, bottles. Yeah. And, <laughs> and everybody's just helpless to do anything i'm like that's exactly superman that's like if he had no moral code this is what you would get and then we'd all be I fucked. agree that whole bit was wonderful yeah <laughs> it says so much about christopher reeve and how perfectly he was cast that he's not terribly convincing as asshole superman he clearly seems like christopher reeve is trying to behave like how he thinks an asshole would behave yeah but he, he can't quite pull it off. Well, it's interesting because that whole sequence was Reeves' idea. They had said, you know, is there huh. anything you want to do in this? He says, yeah, I want him to fight himself. 
I want him, his demon and his better nature to conflict, literally, because that's what makes Superman so interesting. And in a way, he's kind of, I thought it, it, I don't know, part of me, I still think it's it's kind of silly, especially to get that literal, Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was a neat idea of Superman getting darker and grimmer and kind of slimier. Yeah, but it was short-lived. But that's yeah. that's sort of when the movies just decided, hey, we'll just give ourselves over completely to camp and mm. uh, just not worry about it. And that's largely because they, um, the the Beatles movie guy, whose name I always forget, uh, ruined it. Yeah, yeah. Richard Lester. Yeah. Richard Lester, yeah. Well, he, um, well didn't in, in the lore that he actually just didn't really do much until the tail end of Superman 2. So that's actually all he, Donner. Eh, he shot, you can he tell shot what about he a did. third of Superman 2. Yeah. You can tell what's him in Superman 2 because it's silly. It's guys on roller skates getting blown down the <laughs> sidewalk and just yeah. stupid. Uh, well, that's like the whole opening sequence of Superman 3. Just to go back to that, it's like that weird Rube Goldbergy thing yeah, where Clark Kent is just wandering around like a fucking tool, just oblivious to everything. And that's the one where he... He did have full control. That was like his movie. Yeah. And got lestered. Uh, I mean, he got lestered. <laughs> well, the, the honest trailer for the first one actually is uh, funny because it brings up a lot of solid points that you kind of gloss over when you remember it in the rose colored glasses. Because uh, uh-huh. it's got a lot of flaws. Uh, oh yeah, and chief of which, and it didn't really strike me until I watched that because I haven't seen it in forever. Is that there's no real action? Uh, Superman doesn't really fight anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. it's sort of like <laughs> he just sort of wanders about and then takes care of Lex Luthor, and then they decided to correct that in Superman Two, where he has to fight three versions of himself uh, from Krypton. So it's like right. they overcompensated almost, and of course. I think the problem there is they didn't have the technology to make that fight convincing. It looks like four people on <laughs> yeah, wires yeah. clumsily yeah. being scooted through the air. The super fight in Superman 2 was the shit at the time. It at was the time, great. yeah. At the time, yeah. You always have to <laughs> add the caveat. Doesn't hold up. No. Yeah. Well, none of it I does. Yeah. Terrence Stamp makes that film. I think we can all oh, agree. Yeah. yeah. Terrence Stamp yeah. as uh, uh, General Zod... Kneel before Zod! (laughs) The shit. Kneel before Zod! It's his signature role now. But when Priscilla Queen of the Desert, when when I'm watching that, that's all I can think of. It's just him in the dress and all I can... Kneel before Zod. You know, it's like this weird (laughs) camp version of that. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I, 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 I do love that first film, though. I particularly love the moment... I'll pull the clip where... Lois dies and he breaks the rules and you know because he's he, he's so fully heartbroken part of that the whole thing I loved that, <laughs> that no 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 I love ah! that But what I still don't get is how you make time go backwards by making that. the earth go backwards Well that dude you stop the Earth rotating, and thus gravity stops applying, and then everybody dies, and no, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, it's no, so no, yeah. stupid. Well, it makes about as much sense as Luther's 
plot. It's I'm going to buy a bunch of yeah, still, do that. The Earth is still <laughs> rotating around the sun at the same amount of time. So like basically every clock in the world is now like 10 minutes off. And so everyone's going to be like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. That was some earthquake nuclear explosion. But it's just, you know. Wouldn't that cause more earthquakes? Yeah. To stop the Earth. <laughs> Well, uh, you must never interfere with uh, the uh, the lives of men and their clocks. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't mean the, literally the clocks. He was like, "Don't get involved in politics." Yeah. I think don't run for office. Um, it's fucking fucking Brando, though. It's it's like, did he make Superman before he went and filmed Apocalypse Now, or was it after? Because I can't really tell. He's just super insane in both. And it's just it all, after. it's got the same flavor. It's like, you know, when he's the, when he's the ephemeral talking head in the Fortress of Solitude, it's just like, you know, nothing but a, a grocery clerk sent by, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's I, like, what the hell is he talking about? I disagree. I thought he did a fantastic job. Well, he I thought he was great in that first one. Well, apparently he doesn't know how to say Krypton though. He keeps calling it Krypton. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> And then he had to be, like, a dick about it with, well, he probably wasn't being a dick. He probably was like, Richard Lester sucks. If, if you know, Donner isn't involved, I'm not doing it. But that's why his mom is the one in the second movie. Yeah. Uh, right. Because he said, uh, well, eh, I'm not doing this next one. It, it really was a bit of movie production genius, and, it, and it's lasted to this day to have, you know, to take a genre picture like Superman and to put some really big marquee actors in supporting roles. Yeah, you know Gene Hackman, Ned Beatty, Marlon Brando. And you can put these names on the poster, but the the movie has to be carried by Christopher Reeve. I mean that that was the template for pretty much every superhero movie ever since. Yeah, well, I mean mm -hmm. it's he's, but you also have Valerie Perrine. You've got Jackie Cooper. I mean they they stacked the the cast on that one big time, and so I think it was they were almost hedging because at that point nobody had really done something like that. Uh, at least not well. And so I think the Salkinds came in and just went for broke. And, uh, and like Eric was saying, the, the, the bet kind of paid off and everybody yeah. went nutso. But, but also, this is after Star Wars, and suddenly people mm -hmm. realize genre fiction makes money. Yeah. So they could probably make a better defense. Uh, so I think that this was the version of... This is probably the most popular incarnation of Superman that's ever been. I imagine that more people are familiar with the Christopher Reeve Superman yeah. than with any other version of him, any comics version of him, yeah. any other actors I wanna version I want to say that, but then I feel like I'm uh, I'm an old person. Because I, I, because I say that you're and I think, yeah, there's, so, there's someone out there who's 16 going, you're out of your fucking mind. Everything is about <laughs> uh, the, you know, the, Henry, the, Cavill. the yeah. Henry Cavill Superman, well, and that's why Superman sucks. Well, this is the big test, is that only people our age are going to be walking around going, Can you read my mind? <laughs> you know, and not laughing out loud. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Do you know what it is that you do? That so, was the worst part! That was so fucking awful! Oh my god! Oh. But it's worth seeing it just for the what in the living fuck moment you know, is going <laughs> yeah, on. Exactly. Uh, so eventually they make Superman 4, which the, was the... Christopher Reeve was still pretty heavily involved and it was yeah, the cheapest... That was, that was the Canon production. Films group. That was the Canon yeah. going, ooh, we got a hot property. And yeah. they fucked it up because and they didn't 
well, because they that John Cryer as <laughs> Lex Luthor's nephew. Yeah, Ducky. Oh dear God, <laughs> Ducky Luther. What the fuck was that? <laughs> and they made up a bad guy. They like yeah, nuclear they, man. They could have made you know they could have used anyone from the Rogues Gallery. And, yeah. No, let's make nuclear man. That would as, be okay. Or as, or as Hackman <laughs> keeps referring to him in the in the film, nuclear. Nu- yeah. He can't even say nuclear man. He keeps calling him nuclear man. Like well, George Bush. Some people in this country, yeah, they don't know how to pronounce it, or we don't. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yes, uh, but, it, but criminal genius Lex Luthor doesn't know how to pronounce words like nuclear. Anyway, nuclear. Uh, um, to be honest, I four sucks. I've never actually watched it. Uh, it came out the same year as Masters of the Universe, I think. Yeah. And so I, I shot my wad on that one that year. It was a cable staple. I've seen, like, I think I've seen it a few times in different sittings. Like, I, I, I never have sat down and watched the entire thing. It was one of those, nothing else is on, let's watch this. I, I, I live in, in Arizona, theater. and it's too hot to go outside. Saw it in the theater. Ouch. Ew. Well, yeah. I like that Christopher Reeve sort of laments that whole debacle. Uh, mm. in his memoir, and he, yeah, it's just, it's a tough read because he's just really hard on himself for being any, having any he hand did in it. it. All for the nookie. <laughs> yeah, all for the nookie. He was trying to make a statement about nuclear war and disarmament, and it just yeah. did not work. It was yeah. flat footed, kind of like Superman overall, I would say. Yeah. But then we get I the think, Brian Singer. I Superman think well, I, one last thing, though, on that mm-hmm. Superman 4, the, the flying. Effect that like they did not update it at all. And in fact, it looks like the rear projection film was the same rear projection film untreated. So it's like it looks like old film behind them. Yeah. And yeah, it actually got like, worse in They Superman didn't even 4. bother to yeah, no improvement whatsoever. <laughs> and and wasn't it's my understanding that they that Lex Luthor created Nuclear Man. Uh, by snipping a pair, uh, like a, a lock of Superman's indestructible hair. Yeah, they had then, some of Superman's hair in a museum holding up, like, I don't know, a very heavy object to show yeah. how strong his hair was, which okay. makes me think, how did you cut it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we got to talk about Superman's hair because Henry Cavill sports a friggin' beard. <laughs> it's and true. I still say yeah. that's bullshit. Well, well doesn't he use like a comic book reference to how he shaves? Yeah, he, I know. It's like he a sand uses his heat vision in a mirror, and he like you know burns off his beard. Yeah, I think the whole thing goes to when Superman is it, you know Superman was never created. Superman is like a bunch of stuff glopped on top of the you know, the last Superman, so that he has so many powers and so much trivia, nobody can make sense of it. Yeah, it's like well, let's let's roll. Like, Let's yeah, roll through okay, his power. I was going to say, let's roll through his powers, since you brought it up. Okay, he can fly. Yeah. Uh, presumably, he's, he can still jump very far, but yeah. now it's flying. He's stupid uh, strong. vision, he, super in, cold breath, I in, guess. He's or, invulnerable. Uh, the, the breath thing, I think, is just a product of uh, his strength, that he's so strong he can, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, can but blow. the super senses, yeah. X-ray vision, X-ray vision, except for lead. Yeah, right. Can't see through mm-hmm. lead, which is an oddly prescient idea that he, uh, he he can't see through lead because of the density of you know of the molecules. It's yeah, like, that's why radiation can't escape lead. It's like somebody was thinking when they came up with that one. Slightly. Which is why I don't think it was an original you know idea. And then there's the theory that he uses some sort of. I don't know, he's got some sort of 
mind control field that he puts around himself, which is why nobody can figure out that he's fucking Clark Kent when he puts on a that. pair of glasses. Oh, yeah, he can yeah. kiss you and erase your memory. Yeah. He, he, he can throw his S symbol from his chest as a giant piece of cellophane. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. It's a good one. Uh, he, 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 as I remember, they said because of his super strength, somehow he's able to contort his uh posture so that's the other reason nobody notices that yeah he's not <laughs> yeah, super scoliosis yeah. yeah super yeah. scoliosis uh and then uh, but his only two weaknesses apparently are the lead which is not a big weakness but it it comes in handy for all the gangsters who don't have super strength and yeah. then and kryptonite i know what you're gonna say you know what i believe though what? i believe those are not his biggest weaknesses his biggest weakness comes out anytime in the comic books he fights Batman, which is that he's stupid. Superman well, yeah. is a dum-dum, and yeah. that's why like, <laughs> like Lex Luthor is always able to beat him, because yeah. he's just a dummy, and Batman can beat him because Batman's one of the smartest you know, superhero... Well, he, he doesn't have any powers, and yet he can roll with all these people. That's, yeah. that's you know... Well, and, that, a, a and that gets to the kind of the heart of it. Uh, one of the, the main complaints that you hear when I talk to people about this, which is you guys, and I'm making this up uh, right now, but it's the fact that he doesn't ever win through any sort of strategizing. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, shoot the heat ray, beat the thing, uh, whatever. He's overpowered. Yeah. And and a lot of the time, that's why he gets, you know, he gets knocked down in the first place. Like in Superman three with the, the make you a bad guy tonight. I don't know, whatever it was. The <clears> stuff that, that he makes out of tar. The t- um, <laughs> yeah. It's like that works because he doesn't see, yeah, like evil coming. Yeah. He, he can't recognize it because he can't punch it. Because he's a dummy. Because he's a dum-dum. Yeah. yeah. I think that is that is probably the most galling thing about Superman is that he is an American icon and he's stupid. He's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh so- so they did the they did the Brandon Routh, uh, Brian Singer Superman Returns movie. Yeah, Super Stalker. Which, uh, yeah, which has all sorts of problems with it, right? Yeah. Like it, it is a complete remake of of Superman the movie from 1978, but bigger. I mean, yeah, that's it. It's the same fucking movie. Well, it's they, just it like, is, <laughs> but like, there's the bit with Superboy. So, so they they. They breached the whole Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex problem of how did he get Lois pregnant? <laughs> well, they, um, but it's sort of glossing over because in the in the first movie with Christopher Reeve, I mean, there's the argument where when he swoops in to pick her up when she's falling from the building, and somehow her arms don't rip off from the force yeah. of that. I mean, it's just they gloss over basics. You know what I mean? Yeah, I seriously I do go go Google how... Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex, and read that essay. It's classic. <laughs> okay. I think like okay, let's see he. He, he. This is actually supposed to be a a a a, a sequel of sorts of the yes. Of so the, she okay. He looks the same. That's fine. He's Superman. She looks like she's thirty or something, and she has a twelve-year-old kid. So that means Lois Lane was like what twelve, thirteen when Superman went to the Bone Zone with her and made a kid. Or maybe How does he, this work? Maybe when he turned back time, something weird triggered. Yeah, it sounds uh, the like way a lot people of age to me. That's just me. <laughs> I think it's fucked up. Well, I just <laughs> my, my biggest here. issue. My biggest issue with that movie is at the end of it, Superman literally lifts a continent-sized piece of kryptonite. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. 
No. You, mm-hmm. you okay? I I will go <laughs> with you to a lot of fantasy world places, but you have to play by your own rules, and yeah. that he should not be able to do. Well, yeah. it's obvious that they just somehow don't know what they're doing with Superman. Well, uh, they do though, because they well, he like falls over and gets all like radiation sick when he lands on it in the first place. So they know it's bad for him. So somehow he's going to rise above by like uh, having having several more tons of I it. Yes, but it's just space. But they just there are too many echoes of the first two Superman flicks, and then you get to the Man of Steel. Uh, with Henry Cavill, and that's well, just a remake of Superman 2. It's like they don't know I wanna, how to I want to go somewhere before we get to Man of Steel. Because okay. I have to talk about my my personal weird-ass relationship with Superman. Tell me more. Oh my god, I'm you're going to tell us you're gay, aren't you? That you had a one-night stand with Superman. <laughs> what was he like? <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. I am going to tell you that for a period of about a year... I was the lead developer on the Superman video game that was going to be the tie-in to the Brian Singer sequel to Superman Returns. Okay, so Ooh. see, that what I said was not so weird. What you said is about close. No, it's nothing <laughs> like that, Eric. Yeah. I don't know what brainwave you're functioning on. <laughs> so, good God. <laughs> so I have this bizarre experience in which... Brash Entertainment, which was the video game publishing arm of Legendary Pictures, mm-hmm. which went out of business during the development of this game, um, had hired us to do the game tie-in to the next Brian Singer film, which, by the way, was going to be about Darkseid. Um, oh, the DC version of Thanos. Yes, they yeah. were going to go for the full-on New Gods thing. At least they were the going to put a new one in. They didn't quite know when they were going to shoot it, and they didn't quite have a script, and we needed to get the game ready in a certain amount of time, so only a third of the game was going to be uh, based on that, and we were going to do two other sections, one that was going to be a a Kryptonian's uh, plot, so we were going to bring back General Zod. We had signed Terrence Stamp to voice Zod in the game. Nice. That was a thing that was going to happen. <laughs> did you get to meet him? I did not get to meet him. Damn. Um, that, I did get to meet Jeff Johns makes it cool. at, at DC. Uh, and then we were going to have a Lex Luthor uh, third. So it was okay. going to be like three little stories. And then the last one was going to be the dark side bit. And some of it were the people uh, at Brash who had worked on Superman Returns tie-in game at Electronic Arts, and they, they kind of wanted to, another bite at that apple because they felt like they had missed some opportunities there. But our whole deal was, we're trying to develop a video game around a character that is the worst possible video game protagonist. He's invulnerable, he can move incredibly fast, he, n- he doesn't really, like, level up. In any way, he's he's got no player progression. He's like the boss um, as the main character. And who's gonna who's gonna beat him up? Yeah. Right? Like there just yeah. weren't enough characters that, that were capable of, of hurting him. So our, I remember our main there, I remember there was a Superman game that came out for like PlayStation three, Xbox three sixty, and the big deal yep. was the the map of Metropolis. That was not the Superman gameplay, Returns. Not the yeah, not the, the what you do with the character. It was it was the map. 
<laughs> right. Like there's and, nothing else interesting. And the idea there is that is that the health meter is the health of the city, not of Superman. Yeah. Because <laughs> what are you going to do? So yeah, we had nothing better than what's better than a babysitter mission? A babysitter game. Oh, it's we had the goddamnedest awful. conversations and prototype discussions. Like, like there was a whole there was a whole line of thinking around what could you do playing as Clark Kent. And Clark Kent is really counterintuitive because his real challenge is like if he just puts his coffee mug down, how does he not smash the coffee mug and the desk and the building that it's in? <laughs> so he has to be very delicate about everything. And we had like this Wii, this concept for a Wii prototype with the Wii remote where it was like being Clark Kent was all about like subtlety. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. That's, um, that's always a fun video game. Yeah, yeah, don't do things, the game. That sounds yeah. exhausting. That sounds I think, exhausting. I think the, the game version of Jules and Jim really bears out how <laughs> subtlety <laughs> is... Okay, sorry. Uh, anyway, that so we awful. ended up with, it was going to be multiplayer online super fights. It was going to be the end of Superman 2 the way you remembered it in video game form. So you were going to be throwing each other through buildings with your buddies. And I thought that was a pretty solid game concept, and I still would like to see somebody make it. Um, was it you the, that told me that there's a there's like a cheat code in Mortal Kombat where you can come in as Superman, or is that did I imagine that? Uh, there, there's a whole series of games made by the Mortal Kombat people that have the Justice League in them, but I don't. Yeah. Know, Maybe that's know what I'm thinking of. Okay, I would love to see no. Superman just rip somebody's spine out. That would be fun. But, <laughs> but th- this was a weird thing because I really only knew Superman mostly from the George Reeve and the Christopher Reeve movies, and now I'm dealing with people who are heavy into the comics like Jeff Johns and I'm like dude your audience doesn't care about most of the stuff you care about and I got into an argument with a producer at Brad um, it's like the ultimate geek uh, argument oh yeah, yeah. well because I'm, I'm going to I'm having to go to Superman school so I'm having to read like all the big um, nobody you know, reads the arcs. Bible they just like Jesus okay Pretty much yes and, and, and they're pushing, like, really hard for Lex Luthor to have the power suit. Like, power suit Lex. They have this big old hard-on for power suit Lex. And to me, power suit Lex, it, like, breaks the character of Lex Luthor because it gives him super strength, which was kind of the thought, the point, which was he could defeat Superman without super strength. So I just, I fundamentally don't just, I just think power suit Lex sucks. Yeah. And I, I said to the guy, I'm like, all right, I will put power suit Lex in the game if you give me nuclear man. <laughs> <laughs> you went right Absolutely for the jugular. Yeah. Played, sir. Well, wow. and, and thankfully, fully explained in this podcast. That would, that's like, if we hadn't already covered nuclear man. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was going to go there. I was going to have like multiplayer online super fights. And yes, you could pick nuclear man. Damn it. Oh, we did make a trailer. If you go Google the Factor Five Superman trailer, that's that's. Uh, there's that's a whole funny. team of amazing people, but uh, I was the guy responsible for that trailer existing because we realized early on that the movie people and the publisher people wanted to do visual development and wanted to see pretty pictures long before we had our gameplay prototypes sorted out. There were gameplay prototypes out there too that were just blocky graphics. But uh, the publishers were going to never let us do those prototypes unless we showed them pretty pictures, so we made that trailer. Hmm. Ask for it by name. 
So yeah, that's my that's my Superman video game story, and now this will be the most listened to episode of the podcast if anybody ever catches wind that that is in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank we'll, God. We'll put it in Somebody's the liner. Somebody's got to listen to this shit. Well, that brings up a, a, a fair segue into the the rogues gallery for Superman. Yes. Because I had mentioned this, I think, in our, our back and forth this week, but mm. it's it's the worst rogues gallery of any hero that I can think of. They're they're just there's it's all vanilla. From the company that brought you the Batman Rogues Gallery, or Fla- or the, the Flash Super Rogues Gallery, Rogue. or any yeah. of them. Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, I like I I disagree on Batman. I think he's got an interesting collection of uh, bad guys, but the Superman ones. The real problem is again, Superman is overpowered. It's yeah, like, well, who do you who do you sick him on? Well, here's the thing: uh, if you if you think about the Rogues Gallery, and then you think of Superman himself. Uh, it's basically the only three things you get. You either get an evil version of Superman, uh, either like a Solomon Grundy or a Bizarro Superman Bizarro, or whatever. Uh, right. Yeah, or even evil Superman himself. Uh, or you get Lex Luthor or a version of that. And yeah, Brainiac. I understood that at all. Why, well, why Lex Luthor is in every Superman movie. I mean, yeah, and that's the other thing. It's they, they can't come up with anything interesting or for whatever reason. They keep going back to that well. And then you've got uh, Kryptonite, mm. and that's pretty much it. And so then you get things like uh, Doomsday, which is just basically uh, like a, a living embodiment of Kryptonite, as far as I can tell. The only yeah. thing, the only good thing about Doomsday that I I can remember is that he beat Superman to death in the the, <laughs> the one comic book. Sure did. Uh, but then they all came back to life, and everything was back to normal. Yeah. Uh, Nixelplick, yeah. Nixelplick. That that that's a bad <laughs> yeah. guy that only works Mix's in Italy. a comic book. Yeah, Mix Mixelplick, where you have to yeah. well, you have to say his name, make him say his name backwards, yeah. in order to banish him back to the fifth dimension or whatever. It, that, he's yeah. basically Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, I mean, he's it's the, the great kind of thing that only works for kids in a comic book. Yeah. yeah. Well, I made a list of the top ones that I could I could just pull off the top of my head. Uh, so it's Luther Zod. Bizarro, Brainiac, Darkseed, uh, Solomon Grundy, and Mixelplick. And so Mixelplick yeah. is the only one that sort of stands out. Darkseed, uh, well, I guess Doomsday I left off. But Darkseed and Doomsday are the same sort of all-powerful. Yeah, like there's a whole Grundy. there's a whole set of characters that come along with Darkseid, with Big Barda, and like the whole New Gods thing. Yeah, Grundy um, ends up like uh, as a villain also for Green Arrow and for Batman, and he he ends up all over the place. Yeah, and the thing about the thing about Superman is that as a as a comic book character, it's really a sci fi comic book. He's he's a space alien, and a lot of the enemies he fights are on other planets. Yeah, um, it's it's actually way different than the modern I think perception of Superman. It they go all over weird ass mm-hmm. shit. I think so that's like, part of the part of what Alan Moore says about how about how comics are their own art that can't easily be adapted. You know, it's like a lot of this stuff only makes sense in comic books. Yeah. You know, like uh, Silver Surfer. I don't know how you make a Silver Surfer movie you about a clarion for the destructor of worlds who's going to come <laughs> eat your planet. Yeah. You know, that's only comic books. Well, the thing about the Superman villains, and, and this, I think this is what they banged about when Burton was going to do the one with Nick Cage. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Uh, and they were actually going to do the like Brainiac story arc, uh, and it's like the shrinking of the Kryptonian city and the whole thing. But they would actually have Brainiac in there doing something really weird and fucked up and different. Oh, man. Did you ever read the, the Kevin Smith script for that? 
No, I think so you had mentioned online. this once. Yeah, go go find it. There's a sassy black sidekick robot to be played by Chris Rock. <laughs> oh God, it's, it's as bad not as his it fault, but not his uh, fault. It was it was all a um, what's his name the the producer of uh, John uh, Peters. Peters, John yeah. Peters. That's that's where his whole story of how how John Peters wanted like an enormous spider because yep. he always wanted an enormous spider. Every film he was pushing the enormous spider, and when he finally made Wild Wild West, he got his enormous spider. Yeah, and that's a grand finale. It it's yeah. awesome. Not anyway. Yeah, go read that script. But everything about Superman Lives. I really need to see the 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 documentary about superman lives i think uh, i saw part of it but i get so bored with superman mm-hmm. that i just kind of it's hard for me to pay attention yeah. but balding nick cage with long hair as superman <laughs> what? yeah and yeah yeah and, and the thing is though okay yeah the uh they at the beginning of that documentary i guess um what's his name who made superman returns singer um, Singer. Singer apparently kept that picture of Nick Cage in the costume so that any time a studio head would tell him, well, I think you ought to do this, he'd whip out the mm-hmm. the, the Nick Cage picture and he'd say, yeah, but you know what? You almost made this. So maybe what you think <laughs> isn't important. And then, the, and then the executive pulls out a a poster of, oh, I don't know. What was that bad one he did? Jesus. I've already blocked it from my mind. Brian Singer? No, well, Zack Snyder. All bad movies. All, all of oh. what? Zack Snyder. Punch. Yeah, Sucker Punch. <laughs> I, mean, I buried that one deep. Oh, You're so dumb. Damn. Yeah. You are really dumb. For real. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Chris jumped to <laughs> Zack Snyder. Oh, no. oh okay. Um, all right. Anyway, so yeah, Superman. He is boring. Super. Man. But I'll tell you what, there is a comic book I want you to read. Okay. A uh-huh. Superman comic that is the fajizzle. It is. It is so fucking awesome. I'll, I'll just tell you the premise, and you'll go, "Yep, that's that's the movie I want." Uh, the I know ship, which one you're gonna say? Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, really? Is it? Red tell me. Sun? Tell me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one I picked too. You know that. Yes. Red Dude, I Sun went to Superman is, school. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So so uh, yeah. Kal-El's, uh no wait, Jor-El. Kal-El. Kal-El's ship uh, arrives at Earth 16 hours early. So it lands in Uzbekistan and he becomes the hero of the Soviet Union. Yeah, propaganda tool instead for the an, Soviets. In, yeah, instead of an S, he's got a hammer and sickle. And I love it because it's like, yeah, we like to think it's great that he's an American here, but he didn't have to be. It's like a complete trick of... <laughs> yeah. timing it almost seems here instead of there yeah it almost seems arbitrary somehow yeah yeah i love the idea of just how, how fucked up people would be at a uh a, a soviet superman yeah well in, in that story arc doesn't he eventually become the the leader of the soviets he's like their yeah. uh like their lenin <laughs> and then it yeah and luther's somewhat sort of a good guy because he's trying to uh, figure out a way to stop him. Well, yeah, he's. It's like it is. It is a true bizarro world. Right? Yeah. But yeah. What what I I do love is that you know we we you, Superman's morality is really sort of based on whatever his foundation is. Wherever he happens to be standing, he will fight for that good. 
You know, you never see him flying around uh, communist China, saving people from collapsing bridges. They're always in America. Uh, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I'm so glad you know that one, Brian. My oh, God. Yeah. I read that like a couple of years ago and I was like, this is so fucking cool. This is so cool. How does not, <laughs> how does it, everybody doesn't read this and go, oh, this is fucked up. It won some awards. It was a big one. Hmm. Yep. In the comics yeah, world. That, that and the more recent, uh, the, the all American Superman, um, book, which is much more of a, you know, traditional one, but that's kind of the best modern take on the, tra- the classic Superman arc. Uh, so, all-star Superman. Yeah. That's what I mean. Not all-star. I, yeah, I think if they want to get serious about Superman, they've got to come up with a real... The, it can't be a physical conflict. It has to be a moral conflict, you know? And they can't quite do that because we're just too stupid. We would not get the subtlety. Yeah. I know your weakness, Superman. It's all these pitiful people you care for. How many times does that one crop up? Every time. Yeah, it's just tired. (laughs) That would have been a great line for the uh, 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 Spider-Man movies they made a few years ago. I'm sorry, Jane. Nobody can know that we're together because my enemies will come after you. What makes you say that? (laughs) Oh, like every Superman movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. My life is my weakness. Uh, well, uh, I did go ahead and, uh, set up, uh, a list of songs. I think I'd mentioned this or Eric brought it up. Uh, but have you noticed that there are a shit ton of songs set around Superman? You mentioned this a few years ago and ever since then I'm on the lookout for songs with Superman (laughs) and stuff because you're right there. They're everywhere. I've literally been curating this list since the eighties. Uh, I think it, when I heard, uh, REM do their song I Superman, am, I am, am, which, which is a cover of a song from like '67 by a band called The Click, and so is I it? didn't, yeah, and so it's like this this sort of stripped down sort of psych rock deal from the '60s, and so then I started looking around, and then you start thinking about uh, Sunshine Superman by Donovan, and then. My that, favorite is uh, that that Canadian group, the uh, oh five for the, fighting. No, the uh, Tarzan. Oh yeah, yeah. The latest man. Yeah, crash that test one. dummies. Yes, yes. Because uh, Superman never made any money saving the world from Solomon Grundy. Grundy. Superman never made any money for saving the world from Solomon Grundy. Sometimes I despair The world will never see another man Like him uh, But yeah, all those kind of happened all around the same time And then like Robin Hitchcock on the Queen Elvis album Has one where he's just singing a bunch of really random bizarre lyrics uh, About crunchy little Superman I think he's singing about like a Superman toy in a cereal or something and then he starts singing about the the Holy Roman Empire, and, but it just I started seeing like all of these weird songs crop up, and so for like thirty years now, anytime one pops up, I throw it on a list, and so so. What are some I, more recent examples? Uh oh, let's see. Recent? That's a tough one. I think uh, I get into like the, the the aughts. Good Charlotte has one. Power Man 5000 has a really fun one called Superman Shot Himself. Damn, 
which is, I guess, about George Reeves. Yeah, but you know, like Barbara Streisand has a whole album called Superman. Which is amazing. Uh, I even found as David Bowie says from her more lost period. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was her coke face. Does, does she do a cover of "Can You Read My Mind"? If only. Mm. If oh, only. Yeah, be amazing. Uh, but some of my favorites, uh, uh, definitely Laurie Anderson doing "Oh Superman." Oh from, yes, uh, yeah. Because uh, it's just so weird. It's so strange and it's fun. Hello, mom and dad. Uh, so yeah, it's just a weird. But I went ahead and threw uh, a bunch on a list, so there's going to be a YouTube playlist that people can find or a Spotify playlist. There are little variants. Description. Yeah, there be a little variance because Spotify doesn't have everything because of uh, yeah. rules. Uh, but there you go. But uh, the one thing, and Brian, this has made me think of you, is because XTC did That's Really Super Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also found one. It was a splinter band off of XTC that Andy Partridge did called Dukes of the Stratosphere. And they've got a song called Brainiac's Daughter. And it, I'm listening to it going, why does this sound like Andy Partridge? And then, and then I went and found the info. And I'm like, oh, because it is Andy Partridge. Weird. <laughs> I would not have known that. Brainiac's <laughs> Daughter. So, so that's on there too for everybody that wants the the listen, and then all the the John Williams shit. So, oh wow, that's 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 super man. That's really to, super. At least once I had to. <laughs> it's super man. That's how I have to say it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, Superman then. Well, that was our show on Superman. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed doing it. I certainly enjoyed it way too much. I I think I got a little spazzy talking about Superman. I don't know why. I sounded like I was on cocaine and Zoloft. I was all over the place during this show. If you like this show, uh, please subscribe on whatever you use to listen to podcasts. And if you want to get in touch with us with show ideas or to tell us how great we are or how stupid we are, you can write us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. You can come to our site at maghuge.com. We're on the Facebooks. We're on the Twitters. Uh, Just look us up, and we'll get back to you because we love fans. Uh, Ciao. This has been a magnificently huge podcast.